Amen. How many of you can say you're blessed this Mother's Day? We're glad to see you. Thank you for being out. Grab your hymn books now. Stand up, stand up. Brother Ken's going to come lead us this morning. Amen. We'll be in the red book today. Find you a red book of night. You can just kind of sneak over on your neighbor's shoulder there. Hymn number 346. I know my name is there. Page number 346. This is a song we've grown to love around here. I hope you know your name is there this morning.
So uh, pray for Brother Charlie, if you would, please, that they'll be able to get to the root of this and take care of it. And uh, I know he misses being here. And it just doesn't seem right without looking over there and seeing him in his overalls. So you pray for Brother Charlie, if you would. Uh, lots of requests were mentioned during the Sunday school hour downstairs. I know you've got several on your hearts this morning. So let's just go to the throne room of grace. Brother Chris, come open us up in prayer, and let's storm together this morning. Brother Chris. Let us pray. Our most gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, today, as humbly as we know how. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and what he done on the cross for us, Lord. Lord, we, we thank you for the gift that you give us in our mothers, Lord, and, and how they look after us, Lord. And Lord, we, we just come today thankful, Lord, thankful that we can be in your house, be gathered together with believers, Lord, and we can worship you in spirit and truth. Lord, I pray for each and every one that's here today. Lord, you would just open their mind and give them the words you have them to hear, Lord, and touch their heart as only as you can, Lord. Lord, we just ask for Brother Greg that you would just give him the words you would have him to speak, Lord, and it would speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's one here lost today, we just pray that you would touch that heart today, Lord, and bring them to salvation, Lord, before it's everlasting too late. Lord, we just pray for our leaders yeah. in our church and the leaders of our country, Lord that you just help them make the decisions that they need to, Lord, to lead us the way you would have us to be led, Lord. Lord, we pray for the singing and everything done today. We do it for you and your glory. Lord, we ask it all in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Chris. Give that to Mike. You can be seated, or Matt, Mike, whatever your name is. Give it to Fred standing there. I love the words to this song. It's one of the first ones that Kyla wrote many years ago. And it's a reminder to all of us that regardless of where we find ourselves, there's a God in heaven that loves us and who longs to rescue us. You listen now as Matt sings, He Rescues Me. i 
going to do one more this morning, and I purposely picked this song out because if you know the testimony behind it, uh, Kyler Rowland talks about this all the time, that about her son and uh, how he wandered away from God and spent years, she, she spent four years without ever even seeing him, uh, her son Barry, and uh, he had about to died physically, emotionally, spiritually, and he talks about the fact how laying in his apartment, he could hear women praying for him. And when he came home, he shared that with his mother. And she simply said, those were the walls of prayers that have been prayed for you for the last four years. I guarantee that there are some moms here this morning for whom there are many prayers being prayed right now for children, maybe some parents, some siblings, some friends, family members. While the choir sings this this morning, I just want to encourage you, if there's somebody and something in particular that you need to pray about, you make your way up to this altar. You don't have to wait to the end of service. And you just come start building your own wall of prayer while our choir sings this morning.
love, love that song. Uh, let me first of all take just a moment and welcome you out to our services today. We appreciate you being here and a very special welcome to all of our mothers today. If you are a mother in the building, I want you to stand up if you would. All the mamas, stand, stand, stand. Mamas, stand up, stand up, stand up. Amen. Give these incredible women a huge round of applause. Amen. That's awesome, ladies. Thank you so much. I, I think all of the mamas will amen to this, that mamas teach us an awful lot of things. For example, they teach us all about logic. How? Because I said so. That's why. Mothers teach us all about appropriate reception. What do you mean, preacher? You are going to get it when your daddy gets home. Amen. Mothers teach us about medical science. Stop crossing your eyes or they're going to freeze that way. Mothers teach us about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into next week. Amen. Mothers teach us about contortionism. Would you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? Go ahead and do that. Try it right now. Mothers, teach us about doing the impossible. If you fall out of that tree and break your neck, don't come crying to me. And mothers, teach us all about the circle of life. I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Amen. Amen. I love it. Let me give you some quick announcements today. First of all, as always, no evening services on Mother's Day. We encourage you to spend some time with your family today. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we'll pick up again on Wednesday with our final Awana for this year. Don't forget two Sundays from today, Sunday, May the 28th, the baby shower for Victor and Christy Foley. Uh, uh, and, of course, as you see, that'll be during Sunday school. And they are giving birth to a boy. Although, if you look at Miss Christy, I am 100% convinced that she's giving birth to a basketball. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Some of you remember this. Um, this was, well, I guess about seven or eight months ago now. Um, I've always been picking on Victor and Christy that uh, they, they've been so actively involved with our children's church. And uh, I've been picking with them. And one Sunday morning they went out and there was a whole slew of kids that went behind them. And I looked over at Victor and I said, uh, that's perfect birth control right there, ain't it, buddy? And he looked at him and said, we're expecting. <laughs> Amen. Let me give you some other announcements. Don't forget our golf tournament coming up on June the 10th. Brother Ken's looking for sponsors, teams, volunteers. If you can help out with that, please see Brother Ken. And again, as I mentioned, the final Awana for this year will be this Wednesday night. And then on Thursday night, our child, center, uh, 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 a child care center graduation will be happening on Thursday night. And a week from tonight will be our Awana graduation. So keep those things in mind if you would, please. Don't forget, on Sunday, June the 4th, let me call everybody's attention to this for just a second. On Sunday, June the 4th, the first Sunday of the June, we always honor our graduates, whether they be high school graduates, college graduates, uh, community college, university, masters, whatever it is, we honor those on that Sunday morning. Uh, we set up several tables here, and folks are encouraged to set up a display of their own.
own if they like. Certainly don't have to, but we like to do that to give you the opportunity to recognize the accomplishments of these graduates. And let me remind you again, if I have missed anybody, please let me know. I realized yesterday when preparing this that I had left someone out. And when you're trying to do this from memory, it's easy to forget someone. So please, 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 if I left someone out who is a faithful member or attendee, we surely want to recognize that. And then also we've got our new digital information in there, our new website, my new email address. And I also want to call your attention down to the bottom one more time. Uh, I, I, I am so excited about our opportunity, our platform that we've created for online tithes. I have to tell you, I absolutely love it. I paid my tithes this morning in about two seconds flat. It was awesome. Uh, and it is eminently secure. I will stress that. It's very secure. And it is IRS approved. So if you want to save the time from not writing checks and not worrying about tithing envelopes, you can take advantage of that. But if you want to use those uh, traditional methods, you are certainly welcome to do that as well. All right, let's get all the children up here. If you're heading to Children's Church or Junior Church, come on and make your way down. They're going to come around and collect any loose change that you've got. And this goes to help support our Ladies' Jubilee, which is 100% funded by, our, by this. So we appreciate your generosity as always. They're going to come around now. Take off, young folks.
Christmas drama every year, the song that shows the dead child that the Lord brings back to life. Ryder was auditioning for that as he walked across. Amen. Amen. All right. Did he get the part there, buddy? <laughs> All right. Again, no services tonight. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We're honored by your presence. A terrific number in our congregation today, and we sure appreciate you being here. Fellas, come down this morning if you would. Let's receive our tithes and offerings. Uh, you mind the Lord with his tithes and your offerings. And Brother Ken's going to come sing for us this morning. I love the words to this song as well. Let's pray and ask God's blessings. Lord, we love you. And again, we're honored and thrilled to be in your house today. Pray your blessings upon the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be. Bless Brother Ken as he sings now in Christ's name. Amen. Before the fall of man, God designed a master plan. He exchanged the sinner for the sinless one. Jesus left his home on high, came to earth to bleed and die. He said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. He is mine. He is mine. I am blessed beyond no measure. Jesus is mine. I have pardon full and free through the blood he shed. prepared for us a place words cannot describe the matchless beauty there we will praise a perfect lamb king of kings a great i am he has made the joys of heaven ours to share he is mine, he is mine, I am blessed beyond all measure, Jesus is mine, I have parted full and free, through the blood he shed for me, saved forever I shall be. is mine. I have pardoned full and free through the blood he shed for me. Safe forever I shall be. He is mine. I have pardoned full and free through the blood he shed for me. Forever I shall
hymn books one more time. Stand to your feet. Brother Ken will lead us as we have a song of fellowship. Let's sing it together this morning. Brother Amen. Ken. Let's switch over to that blue songbook this morning. We'll do the course of the windows of heaven. Hymn number 203, the windows of heaven. We'll sing it one time through. Have a time of fellowship. Page number 203. The windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight. There's joy, joy, joy in my heart since Jesus made everything right. I gave him
morning. While you're making your way to your seat, turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, please. Proverbs chapter 31, a passage of Scripture that will undoubtedly be used throughout churches all over the world today for reasons that I'll share with you in a bit, but I hope I can let you see some things fresh and new out of this chapter. Proverbs 31, please. Let me ask you a couple of questions now while you're turning, because I want to share a thought with you this morning that motherhood evolves with the number of children that you have. I'm going to show that to you in just a few moments. So let me ask you a question with a show of hands in just a moment. How many of you are either the only child or you are the oldest child in your family? Raise your hand. All right. Very good. Very good. That's a large number. You understand that as the only child or the oldest child, when it comes to the evolution of motherhood, as the firstborn, you're special. Amen. Let me rephrase. We're special. Amen. How many of you are the second born in your family? Raise your hand. You're okay. You're not quite as special as those of us who are the firstborn. How many of you are the thirdborn or later? Y'all just sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm going to share with you in just a moment how I know this. You see, this is for the mothers. Did you enjoy that smoke break, Brother Chris? Amen. This is for the mothers. When mothers are expecting their firstborn child, they will begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as the doctor confirms they're expecting. They want everybody to know. With that second child, they try to wear their regular clothes for as long as possible. But with that third-born child, the maternity clothes are the regular clothes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Woo, we back church dismissed now. Amen. With... In preparing for the birth of the children, when it's the firstborn child, you practice breathing faithfully every day, preparing for that big day. No pain medicine needed, natural birth all the way. That second baby, you really don't bother practicing the breathing because you remember the pain last time and how breathing didn't do one doggone thing. And for that third baby... You ask for an epidural in your seventh month. Amen. The evolution of motherhood changes with the application of the most important thing the baby has, a pacifier. For that first baby, if that pacifier falls to the floor, you put it away until you can get home and boil it. And sterilize it for that precious cargo. For that second baby, when that pacifier falls to the floor, you might squirt it off from some juice from the baby's bottle, lick it yourself, and put it in. 
But for that third baby, pick it out of the dirt, shove it in, and shut her up. Amen. Amen. There are some women who've not shouted in this church in 20 years, and y'all are shouting now. Diapering evolves with motherhood as well. With that first baby, you change your baby's diaper every two to three hours, whether they need it or not. With that second baby, you change the baby's diaper six, seven, eight hours only if needed. And the third baby, you try your best to change the diaper before the neighbors begin to complain about the smell. Amen. (laughs) Going out evolves with motherhood. First time you go out with that first baby, you leave that baby with the sitter and you call home five times per hour. But that second baby, just before you walk out the door, you begrudgingly leave the number where you can be reached. And with that third baby, you dare the sitter to call you for any reason other than blood. (laughs) And finally, life at home evolves with babies as well. For that first baby, you spend a good deal of day, a good deal of time every day just gazing lovingly at that precious child. The second baby, you spend a good deal of day watching to be sure your older child isn't squeezing, poking, or hitting the baby. And for that third baby, you spend a good deal of time every day hiding. Amen. <laughs> I love it. Proverbs 31 this morning. Proverbs 31. Many of you are like me that you owe a huge debt to your mother. Uh, uh, I've I've had folks say wonderful things to me this morning, and I appreciate your kindness. Uh, uh, With my mother going home to be with the Lord a few weeks ago, I appreciate the kind words folks have said. But I will submit to you this morning that my heart is celebrating because I think my mother's enjoying Mother's Day in heaven today. I mentioned a moment ago that there will be preachers across the country and indeed across the world who will be preaching out of Proverbs 31 this morning. And I want to submit to you that unlike oftentimes the preaching that I've heard and even read after, this is not a situation that sets an unattainable goal for mothers. By that I mean simply this. God, in Proverbs 31, is setting up what I believe is a model of a wife and a mother. And oftentimes when you when I hear preaching that's directed from men towards women, there's a chauvinistic tinge to it. I want you to listen to me carefully. The God that we serve is not a chauvinist. In fact, our Bible is very clear that mothers and womanhood or womanhood is to be celebrated and revered. You understand, ladies, and gentlemen, that when God creates a model or a blueprint, that following it is perhaps the best advice you can ever receive. If you have a blueprint for a project that you're building, you realize that the blueprint is meant to be a guide for you and will help you to have the best end product possible. 
significant deviations from that blueprint uh, have the potential to cause major harms to the end product. For example, if you look at the foundation for the home that you're building as outlined in the blueprint, and you deviate that very much, uh, you're liable to have problems with that house for years to come. The blueprint is a mock-up, if you will, that shows you how you can have the best product possible. And I'm going to show you this morning that this Proverbs woman, this Proverbs 31 woman, was, was written to build up women and show you what I believe is a God-given potential for a wife and mother. I'm going to give you two things this morning, two main points, and I'll give them to you up front. We're going to talk about the person that this woman is, and we're going to talk about the praise that this woman deserves. Let's go into our text this morning. We'll begin reading in verse number 10, and we'll read down through verse number 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Every time I get to this passage, I just the thought just came to me again. Every time I get to this passage, I am reminded of the homegoing service that I had the privilege to have a part of for Brother Coffee's mother, Mavis. And did I say that right? Is that her first name, Sister Coffee? And and um, there were three preachers. One of the preachers is actually in heaven now. But as often when there are multiple preachers. Um, right before you go out, you'll look at each other and say, what passage are you preaching from? What passage are you preaching from? In an effort to not step on what each other is going to say. And so the, 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 the person who was preaching last kind of took the lead in that, and he looked at the others of us. He started with me, and he said, Pastor Greg, what, preach, what passage are you preaching from? I said, Proverbs 31. And he went to the next preacher and said, what are you preaching out of? And he said, Proverbs 31. And then the guy said, well, I was going to preach out of Proverbs 31 also. I looked at all of them. I said, I sure am glad I'm first. Amen. So we all just preached out of Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that, she, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She strengthened, or she stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. Shout right there, Miss Renee. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. 
Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excelleth them all. Favor, please look at verse 30. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. Let her own works praise her in the gates. Father, we are so grateful for Proverbs 31. Lord, we recognize that, that the woman that is described in Proverbs 31 is a model, a blueprint, if you will, of what the godly wife and mother can strive to be. Lord, we have so changed the ideals that you've created today that, that it seems like our world oftentimes is turned upside down. Lord, I pray that you'd help us for a few moments today to focus on the beauty of motherhood, on the reality of the gifts that our own mothers have bestowed upon us. Lord, not only physical life, but for many of us, spiritual teachings, spiritual guidance, a loving hand, and at times even a hand of discipline. Lord, many of us echo the simple remarks that we are who we are today because of the gracious mother that we had in our lives. Pray that you'd bless the preaching today. May it be a blessing to those who hear Lord, may we leave out of here not just listening, but doing the things that you've outlined in your precious word. We love you, and we thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me start, ladies, by telling you that this Proverbs 31 was not written to make you feel guilty or to place unrealistic expectations on your life. When you read Proverbs 31, you have to admit that this woman is something special. This woman is not your typical fly-by-night to take it as you go kind of lady. This is an unusual example of godly womanhood. And I want to submit to everyone in the building, male, female, young or old, when God gives the model, we would do well to follow it. We deviate from the blueprints at our own risk. 
two thoughts this morning. I want you to notice, number one, the person that she is. The person that she is. I think everyone would agree with me that the first couple of verses that we read, verses 10 and 11, clearly paint the fact that this woman is a valuable wife. She is a valuable wife. Now, before we get into another verse or I take a step further, I want to pause just a second. And I want to say something to all of the single young girls and ladies in the building. Because oftentimes, if you listen to preaching, you will think that being single somehow makes you second class. And I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. For the sake of time, we will not flip there. But I challenge you to go read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 where Paul makes it very clear that God places great honor on those who remain single. In fact, he even goes as far as saying he wishes that everyone could. Why? Because it would allow them to give greater emphasis and greater faith, if you will, greater place to serving God. I think everybody in the building understands that when we get married and then when we have children, that our emphasis changes, our focus changes. That's the way it's supposed to be. So I want everybody to understand that being single does not make anyone a second-class person. In fact, God even goes as far as saying that there is an honor to being single. But if you are married, or you're choosing to one day intend to be married, then please realize that Proverbs 31, ladies, is an excellent blueprint to follow. One of my great fears today, and I'll say it in this platform or any platform where I'm allowed to deliver a speech, is that we today have placed the wrong people on pedestals. We have placed secular folks who are so far removed, not just from the Bible, from oftentimes from the basic decencies of humanity, and we've made them heroes in our young people's lives. I'm going to challenge all the parents this morning. While I understand you cannot control everything that your child does, uh, we would do very well to be very careful about who they emulate uh, and who they place upon the pedestals of their lives. Why is this woman so valuable? Why is she so special? Well, I'm looking at verse number 10 because it says very clearly that her price is far above rubies. And I'm reading in verse number 11 where it says her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. And in verse 12 where it says she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. When I put all of this together, I think the reason, listen very carefully, the reason that this woman is so valuable to her husband has nothing to do with physical beauty. 
Now, don't misunderstand me. As we're going to see in verse number 30, there is an element to physical beauty. But may I say to you, as it describes in verse 30, we all understand and everybody ought to amen me that beauty fades. The outside fades. What so or expands, as the case may be. What is described as being so valuable to this man on the account of this woman is the fact uh, that he has learned that he can trust her uh, with the most important things of his life. In fact, uh, I would go as far as saying uh, that he respects her uh, because he knows uh, that she's working with him, not against him. I cannot tell you the number of people that I've talked with in my office here in my office at, at Patrick Henry when I was a third grade school teacher uh, for all of those years, the number of people that I would talk to. Uh, and as you begin to listen to them to describe their relationship, uh, you don't hear a partnership described. What you hear is a competitiveness that is described. Husbands, wives, moms, dads, please look at me. We're on the same team. We've got the same goal, and that goal is to raise a godly family. And you can't raise a godly family when you're trying to outdo one another or outcompete each other. There's no place for public competition in a marriage. And I want you to listen to me real carefully, husbands. I don't care if things, if you've had the biggest knockdown, drag out fight with your wife that you could ever imagine, don't ever, ever, ever publicly criticize her. Amen. Wives, I don't care how bad things get at home, don't ever publicly criticize him. Because what you've done is just destroy the sacred trust that God meant to be there. Now, we laugh, we joke, we cut up, we have a good time, and there is always a place. I believe Mary Hart doeth good like medicine. We laugh, we love to have fun. You understand there's a big difference between laughing together and criticizing one another publicly. She's a valuable wife. But when I read this, I also see that this woman, so, and he praiseth her. As a husband, it ought to feel good to brag to somebody else about the good woman God gave you. As a child, it ought to feel good to brag about uh, the lessons uh, that your parents instilled in you. Uh, I mean, I got stories upon stories upon stories about my parents uh, and about my wife and about our family. uh, And I love for somebody to just sit down and let me talk about it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the same story 27 times and you act like you've never heard it before and we'll be BFFs forever. Amen simple reality is that it feels good to be positive and say positive things about the people in our lives. But would you amen me on this? This is my little simple thought about this. I've come to realize that even in our Christian circles, there are some people who are just addicted to misery. (laughs) Amen. They are just absolutely addicted to misery. 
Don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting uh, that you shouldn't share your prayer requests. Uh, I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't share your burdens. Uh, but I believe today that there is an inner sickness sometimes, uh, even within our Christian circles, uh, that gives way to criticism, sarcasm, uh, and just a general joylessness. Uh, people who've been saved for 50 years and haven't had a good day yet. God help. I'm reading this, and I believe it's appropriate to to celebrate those that God places in our lives. But not only does it feel good, it also honors God. It honors God when we praise our wives, when we praise our mothers. Let me tell you exactly what God requires. You, for the sake of time, we won't go look, but I encourage you to go home and look at Ephesians chapter 6. Verses 1 and 2 make it very clear. If you're living at home with your parents, you are commanded to obey. The, the word obey simply means to do what you're told when you're told with a good attitude about it. And may I underscore and every parent of a teenager ought to amen me, attitude is everything. Amen. It means doing what you're told, when you're told, with a good attitude. That's what it means to obey. It doesn't mean begrudgingly. It doesn't mean with an attitude. It doesn't mean stomping the steps on your way up. It means doing what you're told, when you're told, with the right attitude. If you're living at home, you're commanded to obey. You notice that I am making a path between two specific individuals. I'll let you figure out who those two people might be. You are commanded to obey. But then when you move out and you're on your own and you're paying your bills 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 and you're paying your bills. Oh, sweet Jesus. You are no longer commanded, according to verse 2, to obey, but you are commanded to honor your parents. You are commanded to honor, and that means to place them in a position of prominence over and above you. We are a me, me, me society today, and you can't honor somebody when your only thought is what I want, what I want, what I want, what I want. But now let me stop for just a moment, because I want to bring this down to some real practical, simple words of advice. So I hope we'll be everybody this morning. When we talk about this idea of obedience and honoring, listen real carefully. Teen boys, teenagers, young single men, stay away from girls who don't honor their parents. Amen. You find a girl who will not honor her parents, uh, you better run, 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 because she won't respect you. Teen boys... Stay away from a girl who won't honor her parents. Teen girls, uh, you watch how that fella treats his mother. Because how he treats his mama is how he's going to treat you. How he talks to his mama is how he's going to talk to you. How he acts around his mother is how he's going to act around you. And if he doesn't honor his mother and if he doesn't respect his mother, you better run like wildfire because he is not the one you need to be dealing with. Amen, preacher. And for teen boys and teen girls, 
if you've got to beg, plead with them to get to church, uh, and they tell you all the reasons why they don't want to go, uh, you better run, 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 because when you say I do, it ain't going to get any better. Amen. Fathers, the greatest gift you will ever give your son is to teach him how to treat a lady. Teach him how to love her, how to cherish her, how to take care of her, how to kiss her in the kitchen while the kids are watching and embarrass the snot out of them. Amen. And can I just be honest? I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of watching people who aren't married act like they are and people who are married act like they aren't. Amen. I delight in making my children uncomfortable. Amen. I mean, every time I start kissing on Renee, my daughter says, uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, and I think, good, let's do some more. Amen. To quote Dr. Johnny Pope, the greatest mind in fundamentalism today, how do you think you got here? It wasn't because we played tiddlywinks. How red can she get? Amen. Fathers, teach your sons how to treat a lady. Mothers, oh, mothers, listen. Teach your daughters how to respect their husbands. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking, men, about your ability to hoard over your wife. You won't find that anywhere in that book you hold in your lap. You won't find where it says a man has the right to be a dictator. Yes, I know that men can quote, wives, submit yourself unto your husbands. They can't quote John 3.16, but they can quote that verse. But would you listen to me real carefully? There are four verses that are given to the uh, wives. Uh, there are 12 that are given to the husbands. And the first one is that husband has to love the wife the way Christ loved the church and willing to die for him. I've not seen too many wives who were not loved by their husbands that would not in turn show them a proper respect. I have been fortunate in my years of preaching to read countless books on marriage. I have counseled dozens and dozens of couples. I, I took classes in seminary. I'm going to boil it all down to two very simple thoughts. Women are complicated and men are dumb. Amen. 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 There is some shouting going on at SAGBC today. Look at me, fellas. Quit trying to figure her out. It won't happen. And as soon as you think you have, she will change the rules, and it will be your fault. Amen. There's a fun little saying at my house that simply says, Yes, dear, and hunger in third world China, it's my fault as well. And as I've shared with my assistant pastor over and over, you can be right or you can be happy. Choose to be happy. We laugh, but in reality, listen, men are pretty simple. And I'm saying this lovingly. 
all of the Christian psychological psychological books on marriage, I can't even say it, all the Christian psychological books on marriage, all of the, the relationship books that I've read, it all boils down to two things for men. Two simple things. There's the physical aspect of the relationship that men value, and then secondly, there is a deep biological need for a man to be respected. Women have a deep psychological need to be cherished to be protected, and men long to be respected. I'm talking about respect for who they are as a man, not how much money they bring in, not how much weight they can bench press, but simply respect for a man. Respect goes both ways, fellas. You don't earn respect until you give respect. But you listen to me carefully. You show me a man goes home to a home where there's no respect, where there's constant criticism. And I'll show you a man who's discouraged, deflated, and spiritually dejected. Why? Because that ain't the way the blueprint describes it. Finally this morning, why do we praise them? Because it feels good to brag on our wives and our mamas. Number two, because it honors God. And finally, number three, because praising them strengthens godly womanhood. We have totally changed today. Our society has totally flip-flopped on masculinity and femininity. It has nothing to do with the amount of money you make. It has nothing to do with your, your income level, your any, nothing like that. It all has to do with your spiritual center, your spiritual core. Look at verse 28. Her children rise up, call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. There are always temptations in a marriage. There are always trials in a marriage. Marriage is work and it's difficult and it's two people uh, trying to put aside differences, coming together as one, not just physically but emotionally and spiritually. One of the greatest things you can do is to say, appreciate the job you're doing. Love you. Keep up the work. Whether that's a mother or a father or a grandmother or a grandfather, it is a challenge today to continue to live a godly life. And I submit to you, uh, if you've got a godly wife, husbands, tell her. If you've got a godly mother, tell her. Wives, if you've got a husband that loves you and respects you, tell him. I heard one husband say one time, I told you I loved you on the day I married you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. I don't need to tell you that that's a marriage that's destined for failure. There are too many trials and too many temptations that long to rip a marriage apart. And I submit to you, I'm done. When that marriage disintegrates, the home falls apart, and then the church falls apart, and the very fabric of our nation begins to divide. And look at me, that's exactly what we're seeing today. Who can find a virtuous woman? 
her price is far above rubies. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you for your time and attention this morning. Thank you for listening to the message and, and responding to it. But with heads bowed now and nobody's looking, I want to I wanna ask the wives, the mothers, the females first. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I want to ask you this question. How many of you in the building today, again, don't lift your hand, would say, Pastor Greg, I've, I've, I've read the blueprint now. I've seen the outline. I've heard what you've had to say, and I, I realize there's some areas i got to work on. Don't raise your hand. There's some stuff I just, I just need to be working on. I want to encourage you this morning before Brother Ken sings the first note. Step out. Make your way to this altar. I know there's somebody who's saying, but if I do that, somebody will know that I got something to work on. There ain't a person in the building who ain't got something to work on. Maybe there's a husband this morning. Maybe there's a father this morning who realizes that I need to do a better, better job of thanking and celebrating what God gave me. I need to do a better job, whether it's with my mother or with my spouse, of, of, of celebrating, respecting the one that God gave me. I encourage you to step out right now. I do want to ask one more question. Is there anybody in the building this morning message were for believers today, but is there anybody in the building that would just be honest and say, Pastor, I'm not even a Christian. I can't work on having a Christian home because I'm not a Christian. I don't know for sure if I die that the Lord would take me to heaven. Pray for me. Anyone like that this morning? Pastor, pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Pray for me. I, I need to be saved. Father, bless the invitation. May it be what you'd have it to be. In Christ's name. Brother Ken's going to sing just, just a quick verse. We're not going to have a lengthy invitation. I encourage you to step out right now. Would you come? Have thine own, have thine own way, way, Lord. Show them great respect and praise on this day, Father, and throughout the rest of the year. 
Lord, thank you, God, this morning for Jesus. Lord, for what he done us on, for done for us on the cross of Calvary, Lord, and the love that was shown there toward us. God, we love you today. Father, we praise you, God, for this place and for Jesus. It's in his name we do pray. Amen.